Welcome to Donnacloney Parish Podcast. If you want to know more information about the parish, how to support us, or for other social media, please go to www.donnacloneyparish.co.uk. Thank you. The reading this morning is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, beginning at verse 33. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, Where I am going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth. Before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What we are about to do in reciting the Apostles' Creed is one of the most countercultural things that Christians can do. Together, as we say that I believe in God, we are challenging all the claims of man-made religion. We're challenging self-centeredness, and we are saying that all the things that other people follow, like money, power, and control, they are all false gods or idols. And so, this morning, join me as we now challenge our world and give praise to the one true God as we say, I believe in God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and heart. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Continue as we sing this lovely song. What a friend we have in Jesus. Before we look into the word of God this morning, let's pray together. Almighty God, I pray that you would help us to hear Jesus speak to us, to encourage us, to challenge us, to help us, all to the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, a married couple thought they would go to Lanzarote for a week's break. They'd been there before, and they'd stayed in this simple hotel, and they wanted to stay there again. But the problem was, the wife's work was a little bit busier than the husband's. Isn't that always the case? But they thought that the husband would go a day earlier, and the wife would catch up the next day. On arriving, the husband emailed his wife but he accidentally misspelt one letter in his wife's email address. Meanwhile, a widow in Belfast had just returned from her husband's funeral. He'd been a minister. And she wanted to check her email to see if any of her friends or family had sent her a message. But instead of that, she found this email. To my loving wife, from your husband. Subject, I've arrived. I've just arrived and have checked in, it said, but it's amazing that they've emailed here now. I see that everything has been prepared for your arrival tomorrow. Hope your journey was uneventful as mine. P.S. Sure is hot down here. Now we laugh, but imagine if that was true. Imagine if you were the widow. Will you be shocked and troubled to hear of your loved one's death and shocked and troubled to hear that you're going to die tomorrow? You'd be frightened where you'd end up. That's exactly the position that these disciples are in. This morning, we've heard of Jesus warn his disciples that he's going to die and that they'll follow him later. Just look at John chapter 13, verse 33. It says, My children, I'll be with you only a little longer, but you'll look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. And then he goes on to expand this. In verse 36, when Peter asks him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, Where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. So the disciples have a real reason to be troubled. First, it seems as if Jesus is being awfully insensitive. Disciples are about to be abandoned by him. The one they thought was the answer to all their problems. They're about to be abandoned and probably be killed themselves. And Jesus says to them, don't let your hearts be troubled. But what we need to see at the start of John 14 is that Jesus gives us two reasons why he can say, do not let your hearts be troubled. And the first reason is that Jesus has prepared a place for his people. Have a look at verses 1 and 2 of John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My father's house had many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. So Jesus was telling his disciples 
that is leaving, well, it had a real purpose to provide a place for them to come to spend all eternity. But what we need to grasp is what Jesus means when he says he's going to prepare a place for his disciples. See, he isn't saying he's going to pop back to heaven just to add a, a little bit of an extension onto it. No. Nor does he mean that he's going to go up to heaven to give it a little bit of a dusting, a little bit of a spring clean before the disciples arrive. No, going to heaven was the means to preparing a place for God's people. See, as Jesus is about to leave his disciples, he's heading to heaven. But he's heading to heaven via the cross, his resurrection, his ascension. He's prepared the place, not by cleaning and dusting, but by dying on the cross to gain the right for every sinner who comes to him to enter into the glory of heaven. Take Peter, for example. Just look back there at verse chapter 13 and verse 36. Peter asked Jesus, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus says, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. And Peter says, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. I'll lay down my life on behalf of you for your cause. Peter thinks he can die on behalf of Jesus. But Peter didn't get it, that it had to be the other way around. He wouldn't die on behalf of Jesus. Jesus had to die on behalf of him in Peter's place. See, Jesus is the only way that you or I or Peter can know the certainty of a place in heaven is entrusted in Jesus' death in our place, paying the price of our sin, dying our death. I have a friend, you may be surprised at that, but I have a friend who's a retired businessman. Every once in a while, he'll email me and he'll ask me to have dinner with him. He pays for it. He makes the booking and I get the benefit of having a lovely meal with my friend. A tow rag like me gets to go to a nice restaurant and have a civil conversation with my friend. He prepares it for me in advance and Jesus in advance prepares a place for all Christians by paying not with money, but paying in his own blood. So that a place is prepared for all those who come to Jesus. So Jesus tells his people that we don't need to be troubled about the future because he has prepared a place for his people. But he also says we don't need to be troubled because Jesus will take his people to the place. Look at the next verse, verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus says he will personally take us to be with him in heaven. That's wonderfully good news. In this time of uncertainty, of hardship, of fear, of anxiety, of personally for our family grief, this is a wonderful truth. That Christians do not need to be troubled. Just as I would have had a strange look if I'd marched into the restaurant and sat down and started barking orders to the to those serving me. As I walk in and I meet my friend who's known to the restaurateur, who's paid my place, I have no reason to be concerned. 
And it's the same with those in Christ. Jesus will walk us into heaven. We have nothing to fear, nothing to pay. Just look again at the start of the logic in verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you by going to the cross, by rising again, by ascending into heaven, I will come back and take you to be with me. See, Jesus' work in the past guarantees his word about the future. He will take his people to his place. Now have a look at the choice that is open to the disciples and to us. Verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Do you see it? Troubled or trust? I wonder which one describes you. For Jesus is saying that all Christians should be trusting. We don't need to fear the future. We don't need to fear death because Jesus is saying there is a home awaiting for us in heaven. If we're Christians, it is totally and utterly certain. Now I'm such a worrier. I often have a troubled heart about the future. Even when the future holds something very, very good. Even over good things I worry. I worry about having my first child, Joel. About adopting our second, Tama. And then when it came to a third, Elijah, yes, I even worried about him. Worried about how good a dad or how bad a dad I might be. Worry about my children's future, about their schooling, about which university they may go to, what jobs they may get, who they will marry. And they're good things. But for many of us, there may be more difficult worries. Worries around a family member and their health. Worry about job security about our health in the midst of a pandemic and worries maybe about the greatest worry of all, death. And yet here this morning, we're being reminded about why we don't need to be troubled about it because no longer do we need to think, what if I lose my job? What if I lose my health? What if I'm rubbish at homeschooling? And actually we don't need to even worry even if I lose my job, my health. See. I still know my ultimate destination is safe in Christ. Jesus has prepared a place for his people and Jesus will take his people to that place. I love the story about a, a pastor called Henry Venn. As he was coming to the end of his life, he went to live with his son, John. And in the autobiography about Henry Venn, it says, by June 1796, it was evident that Henry Venn was dying. And when he was told he was dying, the prospect made him so jubilant and high-spirited that it kept him alive for another two weeks. <laughs> and we don't need to be troubled. And I know there's a lot of things that worry us at a minute. And I'm not even trying to make light of them this morning. But do we see ultimately, we do not need to have troubled hearts. Because for the Christian, death is coming home to the Father's house. And we know that feeling when we've been away and we come back home and you open the door and you sit in your favourite bit of the sofa. You breathe, don't you? You get a cup of tea or something else and you sit there and you just go, 
Oh, I'm so glad. We're home. But how greater will that homecoming be? I'm sure there are people watching and you're not a Christian. Or maybe you're a Christian and you're thinking, Brian, that's all well and good. But this sounds like pie in the sky when I die. It's all in the future. What about now? Well, let me just add one little thing. And it's the amazing comfort of a little Greek word. Money. Money. Not money. Money. And that little word appears only twice in the whole of the New Testament. And both of them come in John 14. The first appearance of it comes in verse 2. And it means dwelling place or room. And so Jesus says, in my Father's house, there are many money, many rooms, many dwelling places. And that's what we've been looking at today. Christian in the future, we will be dwelling with a Father and the Son in the heaven. But the other time the word is used is in verse 23 of John 14, where it's translated as homes. Just turn to it, will you? John 14, verse 23 Jesus replies, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our money, our home, our dwelling place with them. I want you to get this. It's really important. See, in the future, our home will be with the father and the son in heaven. But in the present, the Father and the Son will make their home in us by God's Holy Spirit. Christians, we will be at home with God in heaven, and yet he is at home in us by a spirit. So troubles here on earth, we know that we have God with us at home in us to help us in and through those troubles. So let's hear Jesus' words to the disciples once more. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And if you're watching this and you're not yet a Christian, I'm not surprised if you're worried about coronavirus. Because it really has unpicked everything that a lot of people put their trust in. If you're not in Christ... You're right to be worried. In the face of the future, in the face of death, because you're not yet in a relationship with Jesus, the one who died for his people's sins, the one whose spirit comes to dwell in his people, the one, the only one who can get you through death to heaven. Well, it's right for you to be worried. But the remedy for your troubled heart is to put your trust in Jesus. Do you let your hearts be troubled? Trust in God, trust also in me. Trust Jesus to deal with your sin and trust him to take you to heaven. But Christians, we can still be worried. We can be troubled. We can not be knocked about by this world. But the remedy for us is exactly the same. Put our trust again 
in the one whom we've believed when we became a Christian. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. For we can trust Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've come and you've spoken to us in our worries. You don't challenge us, or at least you, you, by your word and your spirit, you do challenge us, but you don't scold us. You don't tell us off. You love us and you come to us in your son. You lovingly tell us, told us this morning, not to be troubled. Please, Lord, would you help us to trust in you? We thank you so much that in the face of the coronavirus, death, you're the only one we can trust to bring us to heaven. So, Lord Jesus, please help each one of us to trust you. Even someone watching today to put their trust in you for the first time. And this we pray to the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being with us today. We pray that this service has been an encouragement to you, a challenge and a help to build you up in your faith in Christ. We've now ended our church service and we'd be delighted if you can join with us again. Thank you for being with us in Donna Cloney Parish. God bless you.